Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is to see everyone attend church and hear from God daily through His Word. The Bible reveals God's responses to various situations, and through daily devotions, we can reshape our thought patterns, transform our minds, and become more Christ-like. Join us here every Monday through Friday as different pastors and leaders from Fusion Church provide insightful devotions and teachings based on the day's scripture. For the current SOAP reading plan, visit fusionchurch.cc soap and join us as we deepen our understanding and relationship with God. So Lord, we come today to be hungry to get to know you better. Now we know, Lord, that you've shared your heart in the scriptures. And as we read them, Lord, we can get to know who you are. We get to know your ways, your character, your promises, your commandments. And Father, we just thank you for First Chronicles uh, chapter 11. Uh, we just ask that you would speak to us through it. And I pray for each of my brothers and sisters. Lord, help us to be able to receive individually the part of the chapter uh, that you want to drive home to us. So we thank you and we come, Lord, with an expected spirit to meet you. And it's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay. <clears throat> First Chronicles 11. Then all Israel gathered to David at Hebron and said, Behold, we are your bone and your flesh. In times past, even when Saul was king, you were the one who led out and brought in Israel. And the Lord your God said to you, you shall shepherd my people Israel, and you shall be prince over my people Israel. So all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron, and David made a covenant with them in Hebron before the Lord. And they anointed David king over Israel, according to the word of the Lord through Samuel. Then David and all Israel went to Jerusalem, that is Jebus. And the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land, were there. And the inhabitants of Jebus said to David, You shall not enter here. Nevertheless, David captured the stronghold of Zion, that is, the city of David. Now David had said, Whoever strikes down a Jebusite first shall be chief and commander. And Joab, the son of Zeram, went up first, so he became chief. And David dwelt in the stronghold, therefore, it was called the city of David. And he built the city all around, from the Milo even to the surrounding area. And Joab repaired the rest of the city. And David became greater and greater, for the Lord of hosts was with him. Now these are the heads of the mighty men whom David had, who gave him strong support in his kingdom, together with all Israel, to make him king, according to the word of the Lord concerning Israel. These constitute the list of the mighty men whom David had. Jasabim, the son of Hagmoniot, the chief of the 30, he lifted up his spear against 300 whom he killed at one time. And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Alohite, who was one of the three mighty men. He was with David at Pasidim. When the Philistines were gathered together there to battle, there was a plot of ground full of barley, and the people fled before the Philistines, and they took their stand in the midst of the plot and defended it and struck down the Philistines. 
and the Lord saved them by a great victory. Now three of the 30 chief men went down to the rock to David into the cave of Adullam, while the army of the Philistines was camping in the valley of Rehidim. And David was then in the stronghold, while the garrison of the Philistines was then in Bethlehem. And David had a craving and said, oh, that someone would give me water to drink from the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. So the three broke through the camp of the Philistines and drew water from the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. They took it and they brought it to David. Nevertheless, David would not drink it, but poured it out to the Lord. And he said, be it far from me before my God that I should do this. Shall I drink the blood of these men who went at the risk of their lives? For at the risk of their lives, they brought it. Therefore, he would not drink it. These things the three mighty men did. As for Abashai, the brother of Joab, he was chief of the 30. And he swung a spear against 300 and killed them. And he had the name as well as the 30. Of the three in the second rank, he was the most honored and became their commander. However, he did not attain to the first three. Benani, the son of Jodahida, the son of the valiant man of Kabzeel, mighty in deeds, struck down the two sons of Ariel of Moab. He also went down and killed a lion inside a pit on a snowy day. And he killed an Egyptian, a man of great stature, five cubits tall. Now in the Egyptian's hand was a spear like a weaver's beam. But he went down to him with a club, and he snatched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. These things Benaiah, the son of Jehodadah, did, and had a name as well as the three mighty men. Behold, he was honored among the thirty, but he did not attain to the three. And David appointed him over his guard. Now, folks. I am not going to read the next number of verses because that'll just totally twist my tongue out. Uh, I think you kind of get the point. <laughs> you get the point of all these folks that are with David. And there's that whole list uh, you can read there. So <clears throat> as I'm looking over this chapter, uh, three different verses stood out to me. Uh, verse two. In times past, even when Saul was king, you were the one, referring to David, who led out and brought in Israel. And the Lord your God said to you, you shall shepherd my people Israel, and you shall be a prince over my people Israel. So I'd like to look at the idea on this first point, uh, what does a shepherd leader look like? The second verse I want us to look at uh, is verse 9. And David became greater and greater, for the Lord of hosts was with him. So I'd like us to look at there the importance of knowing that God is with us. Whether you're David or whether you are you here on the screen, what that means for us. And the third thing uh, I'd like us to look at is verse 10. Now, these are the heads of the mighty men whom David had, who gave him strong support in his kingdom together with all Israel, to make him king. So I'd like us to look at the mighty men. David needed strong support to get the job done. And I think we're going to see as well, we need strong support if we're going to be effective Christians. And uh, 
I would say if you have a, a moment to grab a piece of paper and a pen, uh, I'm going to center in on those three verses, but use some other supplemental verses uh, as well to kind of drive home these three points. So let's let's look at the first one. David as a shepherd. So the Lord was very clear. He gave David his marching orders. He said, David, the way you shepherded sheep, now I'm going to amp it up one, and you're not going to take care of sheep. You're going to take care of my people, and I want you to shepherd them the way you shepherd the sheep, with the same care, with the same love, with the same tenderness and strength. So if you say, well, well, what does a, a shepherd leader look like? I think David defined it very well if we look back at Psalm 23. So uh, keep your finger there in First Chronicles 11, but flip over a number of pages and find the 23rd Psalm. Because I think right here, uh, it spells out clearly, what does a shepherd do for the sheep? What does a leader do for his people? So if you're at Psalm 23, uh, I think we all know the way it starts. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So what's a shepherd do? Uh, number one, uh, he takes care of the physical needs of the sheep. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. So the shepherd's job is to make sure the sheep have food and water. If not, they're going to die. And I hear the Lord saying, hey, David, if you're going to be a good king, you've got to watch over the physical needs of your people. Make sure their basic needs are met. Any good leader of a country is going to watch out for his people to make sure their basic needs are met. And, and we can be thankful in America uh, that we have uh, welfare, uh, Medicaid, different things to help people that are going through hard times. We just don't throw them on the street and discard them. Uh, as a nation and as leaders of the nation, they make sure that people have at least their basic physical needs met. What else does a shepherd do? If you look at verse three, he restores my soul. He restores my soul. David realized that sheep are very panicky, scary type of animals. It doesn't take much for them to go wild and almost stampede. Uh, but the presence of a shepherd, just the shepherd there, seems to bring a calm and a peace to the sheep. It kind of settles them down. And I think the Lord is saying, David, if you're going to be a good leader, you have to take care of not only the physical needs of your people, but the emotional and psychological needs. And when I think of that, I think of the prime minister over in Israel, how important it is right now uh, that he watches over his people. They're going tremendous trauma and heartache, the loss of life, injuries. Uh, they could be spooking just like sheep. And the aim of the leader is to be getting on the TV or whatever he needs to do and, and tell them, it's okay, calm down, calm down, calm down. It's going to be okay. So a shepherd takes care of physical needs. A leader does the same. They take care of emotional, psychological needs. Okay, uh, a shepherd leader also guides. Verse three, 
He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So a good spiritual leader, and David was that, makes sure to guide his sheep spiritually to make sure they're fed not just with physical things, uh, but to, to feed them spiritually. David's job was to follow the Lord and then basically get word from the Lord and then tell the people, how do you stay in sync with the Lord? And obviously, I think he would encourage them, be people of the word, study the word of God, meditate on the word of God, seek to obey the word of God, be people of prayer. And I think a good spiritual leader would stress that to the people. These are essential needs. He leads them into a deeper spiritual walk with the Lord. That's a good job of a leader. And the leader also protects. If you look at verse four, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. David was to protect his people. And David went into battle and there were the Philistines and other armies that were against him. His job as a military leader was to make sure his people would be dwelling in safety. Again, another responsibility. And again, um, uh, the prime minister over at Israel, big deal right now. He's to preserve his people, to protect them. And, and what a battle is going on there. We need to be people of prayer for that region of the world. He doesn't want his people to be overrun. And he's trying to protect them. Another job of a servant leader uh, is to basically anoint with oil. He goes a little bit further. Verse 5. Thou hast anointed my head with oil. David put oil on the, on the uh, head of sheep to mend the bruises or scrapes they must have had. But also... The anointing with oil in the Bible speaks of uh, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Oil and the Holy Spirit are kind of put together. And I think David, as a good leader, would say to the people, apart from the Lord, we're up a creek. Apart from the Lord, we can do nothing. David realized how important the Holy Spirit was. And in Psalm 51, when he sinned with Bathsheba and everything went south, one of his prayers, he said, oh, Lord, don't take the Holy Spirit from me. He knew the Holy Spirit was the ultimate leader. And if the Holy Spirit was gone, he was in major trouble. And so would the people be. So that's the way I see it. David took care of sheep. But God said, now you take care of my sheep. Meet their needs physically, mentally, emotionally. Meet their needs spiritually. Meet their needs teaching them to depend on the Lord. Now, there's another interesting uh, passage. Again, I'm going to read this. Uh, you're welcome if you want to try to find it. But it's in Ezekiel 34, and it's chapter 1. And it's very clear here about how shepherds are to lead their sheep in Israel. In other words, the leaders. And the leaders, again, are referred to as shepherds. But as we read this, you're going to see that this group of shepherds dropped the ball. They were horrible leaders. But we can also learn from what they didn't do what they should have done. 
So let me read this. This is in Ezekiel chapter 34, 1 to 6. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds, okay, of Israel. That would be the leadership. Prophesy and say to those shepherds, Thus says the Lord God, Woe, shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flock? You eat the fat and clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fat sheep without feeding the flock. Those who are sickly, you've not strengthened. The diseased, you've not healed. The broken, you've not bound up. The scattered, you have not brought back. Nor have you sought for the lost. But with force and with severity, you have dominated them. And they were scattered for lack of a shepherd. They became food for every beast of the field and were scattered. My flock wandered through all the mountains on every high hill, and my flock was scattered over all the face of the earth, and there was no one to search or seek for them. So these leaders of Israel dropped the ball. But if you read in between, what's a leader to do? A leader, it says here very clearly, is to seek for people that have wandered astray. To keep an eye out for that, that wandering sheep, that wandering person. Uh, the, the leaders, it says here, are to heal those that are broken physically. Uh, to bind them up. Uh, those that are scattered. Again, that wandered. The leaders were to bring them back. Uh, and it says the problem is they, they, they led with force and with severity. A good leader doesn't have to take a whip and threaten people with guilt or whatever way. It's a good leader is a strong leader. They have a vision. They're firm, but they're also tender simultaneously. That's an amazing balance. Jesus is the ultimate leader. He can have little children in his arms, but he can take a whip at the temple. Totally balanced. So I, I think uh, as we look at that whole first section, God is saying, hey, David, this is the way I want you to lead. Be a shepherd leader. And by the way, if you're in any kind of a leadership position in the church, or if you're a leadership position at work, what we've been talking about really holds true for each of us. We are to lead that way. If you're a connect group leader, we're to lead with a shepherd's heart. And even if you're not a leader, all these things should be illustrated by us as we interact with other people. We should be loving, we should be strong, we should be encouraging, uh, we should encourage people spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically. So in a sense, this speaks to leaders, but also it would speak to anybody here on the screen. Okay, number two, <clears throat> getting back, this next piece was, Number nine, <clears throat> David became greater and greater, for the Lord of hosts was with him. So I have to ask myself, why was with why was the Lord with David? And I believe God was with David because David basically sought to walk with the Lord. We saw a little while back, David dropped the ball. Obvious, obviously, he committed adultery with Bathsheba. He killed Uriah. He sinned big. But if you look at the overall picture of David, his heart was one 
that sought the Lord. In fact, the New Testament says he's a man after God's own heart. Basically, David sought to worship God, love him, trust him, obey him, and stay in step with him. That was his desire. And what's interesting, uh, here's an interesting verse in 2 Chronicles 15.2. Very interesting verse. It says this, the Lord is with you when you are with me. That's interesting. The Lord is with you when you are with him. So in other words, God's saying, I'm with you. I'm there to encourage you. I'm there to support you. I'm there to strengthen you. I'm there to empower you as you walk with me. But if you look at the scriptures, many times the kings of Israel did not walk with God. And God said, if you're not going to walk with me, guess what? I'm not walking with you and you're on your own. And you look at a lot of these kings of Judah and Israel, it's a train wreck. They blew God off. They did their own thing. In fact, many times they went and worshiped foreign idols and brought down the people of Israel and Judah with them. So it's so important. Yes, David was with God. God was with David. They were a team because they worked together. But if we want to just blow off God, be rebellious, there's no promise in the sense that he's going to be there with us per se. There's many verses in the Bible that indicate that God was with the people that loved him and walked with him. The Bible's clear. God walked with Abraham. God walked with Isaac, with Jacob, with Moses. Um, I want to give you a verse in Joshua. God was with Joshua. You might want to jot this verse down. Uh, Joshua chapter 1 and verse 5, it says this. God's speaking to Joshua. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I've been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. And that's what a powerful word to give to Joshua. Joshua, you go bring the people into the promised land. But by the way, you don't have to do it by yourself. I will be with you. He's encouraging him. I will be with you and I will not fail you. I'm not going to drop the ball. I'm not going to forsake you in the hard times. Just know, Joshua, you're not alone. I am with you. And in Joshua 1, 9, the Lord said this, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. He's literally, Joshua is commanded. God says, Joshua, listen to me. Listen carefully. You be strong and you be courageous and you do not tremble or don't be dismayed. And here it is. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I love it. God's saying, Joshua, there's no need to tremble, be afraid. You can be strong because you know you're not alone. I the almighty God who made the heavens and the earth, I am with you, period. And that holds true not just for Joshua, but it holds true for you and I as we seek to walk with the Lord. God wanted to make it clear he wanted to be with us. When Jesus came, his name was Emmanuel, God with us. As Jesus is leaving the earth, he said these words. It's interesting. Somebody's last words are very important. Jesus said this to the disciples. I am what? With you always, 
even to the end of the age. I am with you always. Jesus said in John 14, 16, the Father will give you another helper. He's referring to the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm with you, but don't worry. I'm taking off, but, but I'm still with you because I'm going to send another helper, the Holy Spirit, that he may be with you forever. So if we're Christians, we've made a genuine commitment to Christ. If we're seeking to walk with him, God is saying very, very clearly, I am with you, period. And to be honest, there's not times we always feel God's presence. You know, sometimes you wake up and you just feel wacky, uh, particularly this early in the day, you may not be with it. Uh, we may not feel a presence of God, but we got to get to the point where we learn to say, you know, God, your word is facts. And whether my feelings are here or there or up or down, it doesn't matter what matters is not my feelings that are, oh, our feelings are like this. They go up and down all over the place. What matters is not my feelings, the facts. And God said, here's the facts. I am with you. He said it to Joshua. He said it to the disciples. And he's saying that to us today. And what's really neat is if we're walking with him, God said, I'm going to do something for you. Getting back to verse nine. And David became greater and greater for the Lord was with him. So when he was walking with the Lord, he became greater and greater, which means basically God caused him to prosper. When God's with you, his blessing rests upon you and shines through you. Let me give you some verses. I think this is kind of cool. Uh, God did that in Joseph in the Old Testament. We're told in Genesis 39. Verse 3, Genesis 39, verse 21, the Lord was with Joseph, and he became successful. Well, why was Joseph successful? Because God was with him. God was anointing him. God was blessing him. Same thing is told about Joshua. This is in Joshua 6, 27. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame was in all the land. Why did Joshua have such fame? Because God was with him and he was blessing him. Same thing said about David in 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 14. It said, David was prospering in all his ways, for the Lord was with him. Why did David prosper? Because he was walking with God. And God was walking with him and they were this unbeatable team. And they were prospered. One more. Uh, Hezekiah, 2 Kings, verse, uh, 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 7. The Lord was with him, Hezekiah, and wherever he went, he prospered. So I guess a good question to say, hey, is that what we want? Is that what you want? Is that what I want? Do we want to prosper? If you do, the Bible's clear. This is how you prosper. You walk with the Lord. Uh, does that mean life is always going to be easy? No way. Even if you're walking with the Lord, there's no promise that life is always going to be easy. Dedicated Christians go through trials. They're nobody exempt. But the beautiful thing is, even though we may go through hardships and trials and pain, we still have an abundant, full, and a satisfying life. So very clearly in this verse, I hear God said, walk with me, my people. 
walk in step with me, stay close to me, stay in intimate fellowship with me. And out of that, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to cause you to be prosperous and you're going to be a blessing to yourself and others. And before I end this section, there's just a, another two verses I thought were important. If you walk with God, the Lord says, I'm going to tell fear to exit from your life. It says this in Isaiah 43, verse 5. The Lord says this, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not fear, for I am with you. And here's a neat verse. This is Isaiah chapter 41, and this is verse 10. Isaiah 41, 10. Listen, this is what the Lord said to the people of Israel, but he's really saying this to you and I, okay? Listen to these words. Very cool. Do not fear. This is God speaking. Just hear him say this to you. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I mean, the Lord is saying, I am with you. There's no need to fear. And David says the same thing, you know, flipping back to Psalm 23, we know the verse. David said this, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and that's, you know, guess what? The actual, I think, literal translation is, even though I walk through the valley of deep darkness, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. So that's what gets us through the hard times. And you may be in one of those today. You may feel like you're in a dark valley. Someday we're all going to die. But the Lord says there's no need to fear because I am with you every single step of the way. So important, that verse. David became greater for the Lord of God was with him. And the last verse uh, we're looking at is 10. These are the heads of the mighty men whom David had, who gave him strong support in his kingdom. Folks, there's just no way that David could be an effective leader all by himself. Let me say it again. There's no way David could have led his people all by his own self. If he tried to do leadership as a king all by himself, he would be overwhelmed. He'd burn out physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. He needed other people around him to help carry the weight of his office. And that's these 30 strong, these, these leaders, they were around him. David was not going to be a lone ranger. He needed them to carry the weight of the office. If our president, whoever it is, no matter who, tries to run the country all by himself, say, I don't need anybody else. I can run it as a dictator. No way. No way it could be done effectively. It's just not going to happen. So I think David needed people. Not only did David need him, but we need him. We, he needed people to confide in, somebody that I could be honest and just pour out my guts and my frustrations and be dead honest with. He needed people to confide in. He needed people 
that would give him good advice. Sometimes we, we need other people. I, you know, what do you think about this? It's good to get other people's input. Good counselors. David needed people to encourage him and to pray for him in that leadership role. Uh, he needed people who could share in the responsibility of administering the affairs of his kingdom. And he also needed people to help him fight the enemy, to protect the people. There's just no way David could have done this. He needed these people around him that would walk with him and that would support him. And it holds true just not for David. It holds true for us. You and I need our mighty men, quote unquote, our mighty women, our mighty friends to be able to grow strong in the faith. Paul, in many of his letters, talks about the, the need for people to walk with us, for brothers and sisters to be by our sides. He tells them many of the another's. He said, encourage one another, build up one another. He said, comfort one another. He says to admonish one another. He says, teach one another, love one another, pray for another. There's a lot of another's in Paul's letters. He's stressing the point. There's no such thing as a solitary Christian. No way. No way. And if we cut off our relationship with brothers and sisters, we are in big, big trouble. We need each other. Absolutely. And how does that happen? Well, one of the major ways is Sunday morning. To be able to come, to be able to... Uh, Worship the Lord together. There's something about when we gather together that there's a momentum. We need to hear God's word. And Pastor Brennan does an amazing job to being able to defeat us spiritually as a good leader so that we can go away and be bolstered up by the message that we've heard. And I would just encourage you, be constant and your worship experience. So, and I'm probably talking to the choir here because I, you folks are here, I'm sure you do this. The statistics today in our society of people that are coming to church regularly are small. Uh, in my days, you know, there was one set of standards, but now I think people think if I come like once a month, I'm an active attender. Well, that's not an active attender. So I encourage you to be constant in your worship. But I would also highly encourage you, don't stop there. That's only the first step of supporting each other. Definitely. And again, I would almost guess everybody here is be part of a connect group. Be part of a connect group. That's where we really, really get to know each other. Sunday morning, you're kind of looking at the back of somebody's head. Uh, as Pastor Brennan says, we're, 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 we're in rows. But in connect groups, we're, we're in circles. And the beautiful thing I see personally in connect groups is now I can begin to get a name. You know, you're not some kind of anonymous person. I actually get to know your name. Uh, in connects groups, we can actually learn and be taught, which is really great. But what I, I believe I see happen as connect groups go further, uh, as people begin to trust each other, now people begin to be more vulnerable. And again, Pastor Brennan, I think, does an amazing job being vulnerable in his messages. And I think in these connect groups, as we begin to know each other, I'm going to risk sharing 
when we asked for prayer requests at the end of the, the, the study, that I might share, hey, please pray for me. You know, I lost my job. There's a struggle in my marriage. Uh, please pray for me. I, I have to go in the hospital for surgery, whatever. But that's the beauty of a connect group, uh, to be able to, to become vulnerable because nobody can really support us if they don't know what's going on. That, that's really important. People, I've heard people say, ah, nobody cares about me, da, da, da. Well, you never shared you had a need. So how people are not mind readers. They can't figure out what your need is unless you're willing to be vulnerable and say, here's the need. Would you please pray for me? So I would highly encourage each of us uh, to be able uh, to get into a connect group. Uh, and again, consistency is important to really make an effort to be there. Uh, it makes all the difference in the world. So when David had his strong men, I'm just saying we need our strong group of people around us and we need to be there for them as well. So that's it, folks. May the Lord give each of us a shepherd's heart to relate to people, whether we're a leader or not. May we have the assurance that we're walking with God and he's walking with us because if that's the case, we'll be prospered and we'll be a good witness to the world in our prosperity. And last, make sure you're not a Lone Ranger Christian. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you again for your word. Uh, we thank you, Lord, just the way you want to speak to us through it. And whatever needs to be applied, Lord, for each of us, I don't know which point uh, or maybe some other point uh, other people picked up that I didn't emphasize, but whatever point is in First Chronicles 11, Lord, that you want to lift up, I just pray, even as we leave, you'd, you'd make it very clear, hey, this is what I want you to take away from the lesson. This is what I want you to put into action. So help us, Lord, to hear your word and help us to do it. And guide us today as we walk out into the everyday of life. Thank you that you're with us, Lord, and you'll guide and lead. And it's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, folks, have a great day. God bless you all.